Welcome back, baby faces. Victor Villa here. Leslie is making their way to the ring. Mischief, you heard? JP Savage. Oof. And it's another edition of Shooting the Ish. And we got a special guest with us. Who that? Full time Emmy Award winning broadcaster. Full time. Actor slash podcaster slash your mama's best friend. Ladies and gentlemen, they say the best things come from Canada, and they wasn't lying. Making his HPC debut, Chris Van Vliet. How you doing, Chris? What's up? Yes, I'm doing great. Thank you. What, a, what an introduction. Can you try to follow me around and just, you know, tell people uh, yeah. that all the time? <laughs> when do you want to buy, especially on the red carpet? We got Yeah, well, how about uh, well, we could just start tomorrow? Let's just start tomorrow. We're booking it now. <laughs> and you're right. The best things do come from Canada, and hey. uh, and I'm happy to say that moms love me. So, great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, wow. it's it's I didn't mean it like that. I meant like you know when I've had to meet the girlfriend's parents, I'm like. Hello, I'm Chris. I'm from Canada. I'm very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also Dakota Johnson and Leslie Mann. Of sure. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that that happened. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So Chris, you're a heavy hitting interviewer, man. You got the heavy hitting interviews out, man. You've interviewed the top wrestlers out there, and you had some good ones and some funny ones. Uh, we're glad to have you on, man. Right off the bat, can you tell me who was your favorite interview? And First, thank, thank you guys for having me on. Um, this is awesome. I, I love talking about wrestling, so this is perfect. Uh, my favorite interview, Fantastic. I've done a bunch, but uh, the guy who was at the top of my list for the longest time, because I idolized him growing up, was The Rock. Mm. And, uh, you know, that was the one person, wrestler and otherwise, it was just like the one person I wanted to interview. Because, you know, a lot of people know me from my YouTube interviews and now my podcast interviews. But um, you have I, a podcast. I, also, I just started a podcast. Like, wow. Like this week. So, yeah. Um, so please uh, subscribe and leave a five star review. What's, that? Great. What's it called? <laughs> it's called the Chris Van Fleet Show. Yes. It's, you know, a very original name. Um, hey. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so my, my, my day job is I host a TV show in Miami called Deco Drive. So I interview a lot of celebrities, go to red carpets and that kind of thing. Um, but The Rock was always a person I wanted to interview. And uh, now I've. I had the pleasure of interviewing The Rock nine times. Not like I'm wow. countering anything. Wow. <laughs> wow. So question for you then. Has he gotten bigger every time you've seen him? Oh, my God. Yeah, seriously. The Rock Jeez. is uh, he's a large human. Yeah, he's yes. a large human. Um, he is a specimen. What's, what's crazy about it is he somehow has found security guards and bodyguards that are even larger than him. Like Jesus. The Rock needs bodyguards. But, yeah, when, right. when like, his security guards go in first and the rocks like, you know, like 10, 20 steps behind. And like, I'm like, those are very large men. And then there's the rock who's also a large man, but it's like, wow, those guys are huge. Jeez. What, what does a resume look like for that application? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I want to be the rocks bodyguard. Bigger Seriously. than the rock. Let's start here. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think bigger than the rock is like, is, is the top thing on your resume. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, you're hired then. Yep. He well, could do anything out there. Point. Motherfucker went out there and started a faction. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, like, man. It's no joke, you know. The Rock, uh, you know, he's one of, if not the most famous people in the world. So you've got yeah. to have some protection. He oh, has the Midas touch, man. Everything he touches is gold. 
It's unbelievable, it's isn't it? So right off, the, right off the bat, Chris, man, top three rock, rock matches for you. Well, the number one match is easy for me. WrestleMania mm. 18, Rock right. Hogan. I was right, there. I'm, I'm as old as WrestleMania. So WrestleMania 18, <laughs> I was 18. So hey. uh, I was in the 16th row. Um, oh, man. And it was crazy because, like, Hogan was supposed to be a heel. Rock was supposed to be a face. And the crowd completely, you know, turned on so, them. It was amazing. It was. And I still get goosebumps talking about it when I watch it. It's unbelievable. I got goosebumps right now just thinking about it. Wish I could say that about the match, but... <laughs> Come on. That's, that match is incredible. Come on. That match is incredible. Come on, Chris. Come on. It's incredible that it happened. The beginning of the match was amazing. Oh, my And God. then they wrestled or attempted to. Oh, so it's, it's funny you say that, Chris. Because, I mean, we, you've gone on record in saying that it's your favorite match and, and you love the ambiance about it, right? The crowd was so into it and the moment was there, right? Historic right. moment and all of that. Yeah. Uh, I think you said the same about the Ziggler cash-in too, no? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. So, so, I, th I think the Ziggler cash-in is the best cash-in of all time. That's well, right. That's right. Why do you say that? We actually agree with you. Yeah, because uh, we are Slammy Award winners because of that cash-in, my friend. That's right. <laughs> best fans ever. Best pop ever. We were yeah. in there that night cheering oh, our asses yeah. off. It, it was it was because of us, pretty much. Even right. X-Pac was behind us going crazy, <laughs> telling us to stop <laughs> once we noticed it was him. True story. It was like, oh, my God, it's popping. And then you turn around, and X-Pac is there, and you're like, oh, my God, it's X-Pac. <laughs> he's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> I was at WrestleMania the night before, and then I had to fly back the next day to go to work. And I was working like a later shift that night. I remember sitting at my desk, and when you work in TV, you have a television on your desk, which is like a really cool thing. And I remember I was like typing away at my computer, and I kind of had, you know, I, I'd raw on. I was had the volume down low, and I remember like out of the corner of my eye, I just saw that situation, and I saw Alberto getting beaten down, and I'm like. It's going to happen. Like, mm -hmm. I just knew it. I'm like, this is going to happen. So I turned up the volume and I turned my full attention to the TV. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to happen. And it didn't happen for another couple of minutes. But I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. And I lived, <laughs> exactly. I lived in Cleveland at the time. So, like, this meant that much awesome. more to me. Oh, my God. That is awesome. right. Yeah. Right, Ziggler, was, Ziggler was, you know, a Cleveland guy. And he was going to cash in. So, yeah, that's that. When I watch that moment, it's just I get this giant smile on my face. That crowd is so, unbelievable. I, see, I understood it was an amazing moment at the end of Raw when John Cena came out and talked to the crowd and just like just wa thanked everybody for being like over the top and making that moment right. that much special. Like that's when I understood. Like, damn, that that was a moment that's gonna go down in history for sure. Yeah, yeah. no, that was uh, the Raw your, was always something special. It's safe to say that the fan interaction and the ambiance plays a big role in your favorite matches then, right? So, yeah, what are your other two rock matches? Uh, rock Austin, of course. Of course. Uh, uh, WrestleMania 17? WrestleMania 17, yeah. Yes. It better be. That's <laughs> hot. I thought that was going to be your number one. Yeah, I mean, that's the number one for me. But I understand. <laughs> It's well, okay. I mean, well, number one for me has to be Rock Austin is my favorite match of all time. Like, oh, okay. Of, co of course, that's my favorite Rock match. You know, it's also my favorite Hogan match. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there, sir. I see what he did there. And for number three, um, look, there's so many great Rock matches, but I loved 
Brock and Brock at SummerSlam. Uh, oh, I thought that, yes. that match was incredible. And I was, I talked to Rock for Fast and Furious 6, and I'm like, would you ever want to have a rematch with Brock Lesnar? He's like, oh, I would love to have that rematch. You know, it'd be great to make that happen. Mm. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But I, <laughs> I, that was a, just a, like a great wrestling match. And I think we can all agree that The Rock's not the greatest actual wrestler, not the greatest actual, you know, grappler. But it's the total package with The Rock that makes The Rock so incredibly entertaining. Um, but that match with Brock was just a solid wrestling match, start to finish. Yeah, definitely agree with that. So you say entertaining. Um, do you feel the same way about the product today, Chris? Entertain- well, look, Keyword, okay. entertaining. I think that uh, WWE is up against a lot. And I think filling three hours every single Monday night is tough. Mm. And I knew that when they made that adjustment to three hours, that it was going to be tough to keep our uh, uh, keep the audience's attention and keep us entertained for three hours. Um, look, I think wrestling's cyclical. Um, mm. I think that we're kind of in that post-WrestleMania lull, which will then get picked up as we head into SummerSlam. We'll then go into a lull again. Survivor Series up, down, and then up again for Rumble, and then down, and then up again for Mania. Um, I think there's some entertaining stuff going on uh, every single Monday on Our Raw. Truth. And, yeah. So, so you're saying there's, there's synergy between the WWE and the stock market? <laughs> maybe i mean their, their stock is trading very well isn't it yeah it actually is yeah fantastic i know hard way i bought out early yeah you sold right you I fucking early yes <laughs> if we had all bought this when they when they uh when the ipo came out we'd be, we'd all be oh right my now. god oh, yeah uh, facts my guy would you still have a youtube channel <laughs> I think I've yeah, I still have a YouTube channel for sure. Word, word. You might have a YouTube a channel passion. no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The, U- the YouTube channel for me uh was not even like an idea of like I'm gonna make some money with this, um, which I certainly do not make a lot of money with it. It's just kind of been like I honestly started it because I was doing these wrestling interviews where I was at work in Cleveland and we'd have WWE superstars come into the TV station. We'd interview them about Raw or SmackDown that was coming to town that night. We'd air 15, 20 seconds on actual TV. And then I'd be, you know, I'd have this 10, 15, 20 minute interview where I was asking questions I actually cared about as a fan that uh-huh. we wouldn't air. And I was like, if uh-huh. I cared about this as a fan, other people have got to care about this too. So I threw it up on my YouTube channel that had like four subscribers at the time and hey. just thought like, this has to live somewhere. Mm. Facts. It's funny you say that. Um, how easy was the network with you, with those interviews? Like, I know I understand some networks aren't all that crazy about letting the the host um determine what are the questions or what they talk about. I I, I know personally a few um uh hosts that work for certain networks that they're not allowed to talk to what about whatever they want. They got they're told what to ask people and what to ask the wrestlers and what to even speak about on the show. Yeah, I've been pretty lucky my entire career uh, with that. Uh, and, you know, and I don't think I'd want to have it any other way. Um, I've never really gone into any interview situation with a wrestler or a musician or an actor or whatever, where I've had a boss or a producer or someone go, all right, you need to talk about this, this and this. And I completely understand that that is not an uncommon thing in the business that I work in. But uh, I've, I've been really fortunate to have a lot of trust from my bosses and from all the people that I work with and my coworkers to go, 
hey, we hired you for a reason. Go out and, and do your thing. And, you know, for the most part, it's, it's always worked out for me. That's awesome, man. That's great. And you always want that creative freedom, man, anywhere, anything, with anything that you do, right? A hundred percent, you know, and I, and, I, and I think that I've been in the broadcast industry now for 15 years, which is crazy. I started immediately right after I graduated from college and I was super fortunate to get an internship that turned into a job. And the TV industry has shifted like a ton, like, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 15 years ago, we watched TV. Um, nowadays, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when was the last time you turned on TV other than, you know, maybe oh, Raw man. or SmackDown, but you're not like... You're not going, oh, my God, it's 9 o'clock. I need to watch whatever this show is on Fox. Murder Zero. Whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's on your DVR? That, oh, that's no, what no. you got. The grassy. The grassy. <laughs> <laughs> the grassy for Canada. <laughs> I'm sleek, so I don't do that DVR thing. <laughs> Love the grassy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I'm going to be honest, though. Okay. I wasn't a fan of Drake in the wheelchair. Oh, I didn't believe on. it. <laughs> you didn't believe wheelchair Jimmy? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. And then he has the nerve to come out with a song that says all me. Come on, man. Anywho. <laughs> take it to Canada, man. Let, let's take it down to, to one of your passions, man. Right now, at the top of your head, who's your Mount Rushmore of Canadian wrestlers? Oh, that's Canadian wrestlers. Okay. Yes, oh, sir. Yeah. Well, Bret Hart. Oh, baby. Yeah. You heard that, Mr. Shut up. <laughs> I've never been asked this question before, so this is off the top of my head. Uh, okay, so of it's course. Benoit. I'm, I'm gonna put on, yeah. We can say his name? Like, that's cool? Yeah, yeah I won't edit it out. We didn't say Benoit. If you're not naming Chris Benoit as one of the top four wrestlers that, that came from Canada, I don't, you know, I've got an issue, I think. Facts. Chris Jericho. Oh, right. Of course. He's three for three right now with mine. Yes, yes, yes. There's so many. There's so many we could go with number four here. Um, Ooh. Man. uh, I don't don't want to disappoint anyone. (laughs) I'm going to go with Edge for number four. Wow. And Dynamite Kid. Dynamite Kid would be a strong runner-up. Nice. Nice. I like that. Where, where would Owen be on that list for you? Uh, man, I feel like Owen, uh, unfortunately, you know, obviously with the unfortunate situation that happened was, you know, was in the prime of his career. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's Owen, If Owen was still around now, there's, I think there's no question that he'd be right up there with Brett. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Maybe even surpass him, honestly. Yeah, because yeah. he just had that, no total, total package. That's what's so sad, you know. It's like untapped potential. Who will never yeah. know? You know, same with yeah. same with Eddie. Uh, you know, we'll never Oof. know. Oof. You know, with Oof. with a lot of these guys who passed so young. And that's the frustrating thing with the product today. That you know, we we've had to live through those moments where we've lost somebody at the pinnacle of their career, and you have talent on the roster right now that's being misutilized, underutilized. What do you think? I think that this is like, I, look, I think that we can have this conversation in 2019. We could have this conversation in 2009. We could have the same conversation in 1999. Like, never, yeah. you know, the, the product's never going to be perfect. Um, and I think that right now, WWE has a, a very full roster. And, 
doesn't know what to do with all the uh, people that they have on the roster. See, see, um, my, my my only problem with that is that <laughs> I agree with you, but at the same time, they have more opportunities to to utilize and show talent than ever, right? Because you have so right? much. It's oversaturated with wrestling. The amount of wrestling on a weekly basis. And we're still seeing signs where they're not even, you know, they're still having that trouble. But the problem yeah. is there's only, you know, what, five, six, maybe eight top spots. And that can only, you know, there's only so many people you can put in those top spots. And then when we have someone who we really like and we put them in a mid-card spot, then fans go, well, why doesn't that person get a top spot? Yeah. And it's like, you know. They want to push look, them up. And I get that uh, it's so easy to look back, um, you know, in hindsight with 2020 vision and go, oh, the Attitude Era was the best. Yeah, we'll never get better than that. Yeah, but the Attitude Era also had Naked Midian running around. Yeah. And it had yes. Mae Young giving birth to a hand. Like, there was a, a, a whole bunch Puppies! of... Puppies! Like, <laughs> right! And Beaver Cleavage and, like, a whole bunch of terrible stuff going on back then, too, that we kind of overlooked because there was some really good stuff going on as well. And I think yeah. that... That kind of is what's going on right now. There's some bad stuff, but there's also some really good stuff going on right now. I think that a lot of the, the point, though, has been that a lot of the not-so-good stuff has been from the top of the talent pool. Mm. So, like, I, um, you mentioned that in, a, in a podcast where, like, we talked about uh, AJ Styles has not been doing his best work. AJ yeah. Styles has, has been pretty uneventful here in WWE in general. I mean, he's had moments. He's had matches, yeah. sure. But uh, he hasn't reached his, uh, I wouldn't say potential, but he hasn't reached the heights that he did at TNA in terms of match work here in WWE or, or even Japan. He hasn't yeah. reached expectations yet. Expectations. Yeah, I, I, was, I was at his, uh, I, was, I was in Orlando when he debuted at the Rumble. I was freaking oh, out. It was incredible. Amazing. I was at Raw the next night in Miami when he had his first match. And I remember turning to my buddy and I'm like, that's not an AJ Styles match. AJ mm. Styles was my favorite wrestler, like hands down, like 2005, 6, 7, 8. Like in his TNA days when he was okay. having those incredible matches with Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels. Yes. Like, I love AJ Styles. Oh, and the Amazing. fact that he's never even done like his backflip into the reverse DDT, I was like, but that's like such a signature move for a guy like mm -hmm. that. Like, so I think that... Uh, I think that AJ Styles and AJ Styles is unfortunately wrestling the quote unquote WWE style of match, which is, you know, it's no fault of his own. That's just the style of wrestling that they have. So um, is, is that the problem? Yep. I, I think that that for AJ, I think that's part of the problem. And I think also age is working against him. Like if he's already signed to this very lucrative deal and they're not forcing him to go out there and, you know, break his neck or do the crazy things he was doing in those ultimate X matches or, you know, all the X division matches. Why does he need to, you know? True. True. He, so I, I love AJ, but uh, he's not the AJ he was in his twenties. Is that why you think he didn't sign with AEW and just resign with the E to avoid, you know, putting his body through stuff like that? Cause I'm pretty sure that's stuff that Kenny would have wanted to take out of him in a match in AEW. Yeah, and I think, you know, if we're to believe the uh, rumors online, uh, Tony Khan made a big play to get AJ Styles in AEW. But look, if I'm AJ Styles and I'm one of the highest paid people in WWE and you're offering me even more money to go to this thing that I'm not really sure about uh, and WWE's treated me well, why do I need to, you know, why would I leave them? Like, what, what reason does AJ Styles have to leave? He's, right. you know, everything's going 
pretty well for him. Like he's one of the guys who's been treated really, really well in WWE. He's been taking uh very um they're taking care of him more than they have Samoa Joe, I would say. Oh, there's no question. You know, AJ Styles is the main eventer, and uh, Samoa Joe, you know, he's flirted with the main event, but unfortunately, you know, he's not. Yeah. So Raw's you- two hours, right? And there's no more brand split. Brand split, right? Which you hate. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, How? Just, what do you want to see on TV? What do you want to see booked? What would you book? I think I would. Uh, I would make Raw shorter again. I think that would help everything. Um, yep. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, I think that that's part of the problem. I think that like you ever watch Raw on Hulu? Like you ever watch the hour and a half version on Hulu? And you're like, no. well, so they put it on Hulu the next day, and it's an hour and a half, and it's condensed, and obviously they've taken out the commercial, and they've taken out you know some of the fluff, and it's like that's a solid show. Yeah, yeah. I like that as a solid show. So I think the first thing I would do is I would make Raw two hours again, which I know I completely understand will not happen. It's an <laughs> advertising thing. They're making so much more money by having that extra hour and having the extra hour of advertising and, and commercials. Makes perfect sense. I think I would just I would start Raw with a match, like instead of starting Raw with promos. I think that that mm. would be that'd be a great thing. And I also think like I love the ECW model. Of having matches, you know, because they were entertaining. And we've seen AEW, yes. you know, at least they did that at Double or Nothing. We don't know what they're going to do moving forward. But why not just go this guy versus this guy? Because, you know, we don't. And if it's going to be a great entertaining match, let's make that happen. Instead and that's the going, problem. Because right. the E, if you remember Ziggler and uh, Daniel Bryan trying to make that happen for a mania. And never, you know, never to keep. Yeah. Well, the other problem with WWE is the buildup's always towards the uh, pay-per-view. So, mm. you know, very rarely are you seeing, you know, the 10 out of 10 matches on Raw because they're saving them up for the uh, pay-per-view events. And, you know, I, I understand the logic behind that, but I would just love to see some, you know, some better, like, matches. I think that yeah. we, we can get rid of some of the storyline and just have more matches. Agree, man. There's there's a, a little bit for everybody, you know. Ha- having some technical matches on and, and on the card every now and then is not a bad thing, you know. I understand the entertainment pr- purposes, but it's also professional wrestling. Yeah. And, and speaking of matches, uh, how do you feel about this uh, rumored uh, change that they're trying to do? When you talked about advertising, um, that they're gonna have uh, pretty much more two out of three mat- uh, fall matches in order to reduce the interruption of matches uh, for commercials. I'm really interested to see how this shakes out. I saw that same headline, and look, we, we all know, we've all been conditioned when we're watching WWE, that if they go to the outside and we're like four or five minutes into the match, we are, <laughs> we know it's yeah. coming next. <laughs> well, here's a little bit of spoiler alert for you guys. In case you haven't watched, you're not watching SmackDown, this week there's going to be more than one two out of three falls match oh, yeah. on the show. Oh, wow. So... Um, immediately. Well, to, to break the fourth wall here, we are recording this right now as the last hour of SmackDown is happening. So that's oh, why nice. we are. Yeah. But like, Maybe it's so funny that when they go to the outside, it's like uh, you, you, you absolutely know that Cole or Tom Phillips is going to go, it's Ziggler and Rollins. Yeah. On next. <laughs> In that fading voice at the end. <laughs> and at some point, he's going to oh, tell you about man. something that tingles. Oh, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh, man. Um, speaking of Rollins, though, 
Rollins and Osprey. We were speaking Osprey. of Rollins. <laughs> Who the fuck got ice cream? <laughs> I, I could have heard him say Rollins. I could have heard him I say did, Rollins. I I'm sorry. Say Rollins. Yeah. Right, right. All right. Cool. Wow. So, so I'm gonna ask you, Chris. Pick a side, Osprey or Seth. It's hot oh, right now. The energy's blown up, and we're definitely gonna cover it tomorrow night's show. But I want you to pick a side right now. I don't know if I need to pick a side with this thing. I just think it's really interesting. All Osprey tweeted was. I'm alive. That's all I did. <laughs> that's Yo, all, that's and all that was enough. That's <laughs> true. It really is true. He's not lying. Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins got really mad. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, the fuck you're not. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like, when I, and I get, I get where it was coming from. Like, he was basically saying there's not a person alive that can tell you, tell me that, uh, you know, WWE is not the best, you know, wrestling product in the world. I get it. And Osprey said, I'm alive. So I don't know. It's like, is Becky Lynch rubbing off on Seth Rollins where he's going, huh, if my mm. girlfriend can say this much stuff on Twitter and get away with it, maybe I should start doing the same thing. Look, mm. it's interesting. Um, Shoot work, huh? I, but but when, when, did, uh, when did Seth Rollins become like the raw, raw, like company guy? Like, I'm, I'm, that seems to come out of nowhere. When they gave him the title. Opinion. I, like, I like it because of that. I like it because he has the title. And I think... It, the loudest person should have the world heavyweight title, the Universal or the WWE championship. Nah, but being <laughs> such a such a raw shill, like he's such a WWE shill all of a sudden, like he's so. Yeah. I think that's being pushed on the back. Hey, I, careful! I don't. I, <laughs> careful. I think I think that he's doing it on. If I had to guess, I think he's doing it on his own, and WWE is going. Yeah, sure. That that sounds fine. What what will end up? You know, all that will end up. Coming back to bite him in the ass if he ever leaves WWE. Though. Oh, very true, <laughs> very true. Yeah. But I mean, there's still sell tickets. Or it'll does it work. build? Yeah, does it build equity for a, a, an indie run post WWE? I mean, I guess it would all depend on you know the the situation in which he leaves. But well, I, I just read his comments about uh, Dean Ambrose, and I thought that oh, those were yes. Yeah, they were very much along the same vein, and it's just like I didn't realize you were like the cheerleader for WWE. I think that's great. I think yeah. that's great that Seth Rollins believes in the product a lot. And, you know, sometimes you're you're too close to the product or sometimes you're too close to something to see, you know, what it is. Like, you know, you ever been with, like, you ever you ever uh, have your buddy who, like, goes, hey, man, I, I need some advice. Do, do you think my girlfriend does blah, 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 blah? And you're like, oh, dude, I am so glad you finally brought this up. Yes! <laughs> yeah, of course she does that! Yo, so... To all of Chris's friends <laughs> listening right now, you know who you are. <laughs> Wait, you know what I'm talking about. Like, he, Chris he, he, you know, Stockholm Syndrome. I think, sometimes I think it's annoying when Jennifer does this. Yes, yeah. dude, I'm so glad you brought <laughs> I've been waiting 13 like, years. <laughs> I feel like Seth Rollins is so close to the product, and obviously, you know, they pay him very handsomely. That he goes, man, things are great here. And yes, things are probably really great if you're Seth Boy. Rollins. If you're EC3, things probably yeah. aren't as great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he just won watching. the championship for 30 seconds last night. Come on now. <laughs> Did you see yeah. the meme, Chris, about <laughs> EC3 where it's his debut and now his <laughs> current entrance? <laughs> yeah, I, I'd love to ask him about that too. Oh my God. You know, I, I think that the uh, 24-7 title is uh, entertaining. I yeah. just I think it's 
interesting that a move that barely gets a two fall or two count in a normal match <laughs> somehow, somehow pins a person in the twenty four seven match. Like I, that, I, I, I don't wedding. I don't think you're the only one. Yes, I don't uh, think you're the only. One. I that wedding <laughs> the wedding thing was interesting. I, I actually um, I posted it on WWE. I commented on WWE's Instagram post about it. I was like. Some best man EC3 is to not break up the count. Like, come on. <laughs> right? Isn't Braun not there too? Like, Braun could have done No? Not for nothing. I thought EC3 from the get was going to cash in. So did I. I, I thought it was going to happen. When I saw them posting pictures up beforehand, I'm like, oh, no, he's going to be a champion soon. Yeah. And no, it was our truth without a shirt. Who shows up so- without a shirt wearing a tie? <laughs> Dude, that's typical JP shit. Listen, I'm gonna I'm, I have a wedding in July in DR. I'm gonna go just like Archer. <laughs> the thing I'm the thing I'm can I borrow your abs? <laughs> <laughs> the thing I'm kind of concerned about with the 24 seven title is what are we a month and a half in and Truth's already like what the nine time champion? Yeah. So That's if this rough. if if this continues, like, are you are we gonna like have this same conversation a year from now and be like? Oh man, congrats to R Truth. He's the 117 time champion. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm being serious. I'd say he like, wins more than Ric Flair does. Of course he does. But like, at, at what point do we go? That's that's not really a, that's not yeah. really you know a championship. No, definitely not. I, I like think the, the time's running on that soon. Yeah, facts. For sure. And in 2019, social media the way it is, I mean, it's the perfect time. I think it's it was ahead of his time before. And although the matches were a little bit better back then in the Attitude Era, well, at least more in its more rough. Oh, you're, I think. you're talking about the hardcore belt, like you're comparing yeah, it. Twenty-four-seven. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that uh, if the belt looked differently, I think people would have had a different opinion from <laughs> yeah. the get-go. Like, yeah, what the fuck was that? that, that a, a silver record? <laughs> they just had melt on a green like belt. What was that? Did, didn't yeah. some diner uh, sue them? <laughs> Denny, oh, yeah. Denny was like, we want our sign back. <laughs> oh, man. Kudos to Denny's marketing team, for sure. Well done. Um, so you talked about, like, The Rock being your favorite wrestler and, and his top matches. But who, who do you follow right now? Like, who's the top of your list at this point? Like, when a Ricochet match comes on, I'm like, yes, I am going to watch that match. Um, I think that if you take... I was at Double or Nothing, which was pretty amazing. Just you know, just being a wrestling fan and being there and you know, appreciating the style of matches that they had. Any of the last four matches there were crazy, like really, really impressive stuff. Yeah, um, each of them could have been a, a main event in their own right. Yeah, like it was it like warmed by heart when the crowd started chanting "tag team wrestling" during the yes. match. That's yeah, a like, thing. I was, yeah, I was like, wow, like. They they pulled out all the stops in that one. So, uh, look, I still love uh, I still love Dolph Ziggler. I think that mm. in the ring he is so talented, and yes. uh, I, I I think that if Dolph Ziggler was 27 years old right now and coming up through NXT and and going on the main roster, there's no question he's you know a several time champion. Um, mm. and, he, and he told this to me. He told this to me in an interview like seven years ago. He goes. If I was three inches taller and thirty pounds heavier, I'd be a ten-time champion. And it's like, wow, yeah, it's that's that's a fact, you know. Like, wow. that was that 
him was that him like like sour grapes or that was just him analyzing what they really wanted or you know something yeah like, well how did you interpret that i i think every time you know every time i talk with ziggler like he's become a friend of mine he's pretty honest with me and pretty open with me i think he was just saying like you know, I, I'm falling into the role that they've given me just because I don't fit the, uh, you know, the cookie cutter build that they, you know, have. Yeah. And I think that that's just unfortunately the way it had been up until, what, three, four years ago, maybe? The big right. Daniel Bryan, I guess. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, and there's exceptions to the rule because of Shawn Michaels, of course, but that's always been the norm. But Shawn Michaels was always booked as a big guy. Like Shawn Michaels was always billed at what, like two twenty-five or two twenty or something. Like, like if you put Shawn Michaels next, like Shawn Michaels in his prime next to, um, I'm trying to think of like a like a like Johnny Gargano. And I love Johnny, but oh, you know, of course, John, Johnny's a phenomenal wrestler. But you put Johnny next to uh, Shawn Michaels, and Shawn Michaels is you know considerably larger. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely, definitely. So. Um, I want to I wanna bring you back to the Attitude Era a little bit. I mean, it was your favorite pastime, right? Um, what was your favorite heel moment? Um, we were just on a show recently. They called it Dastardly Deeds. Uh, any moment that a heel, you know, stood out Shout for out. you in the Attitude Area? Yeah, yeah I, think, just... I, I, I think for me it was the moment that started the Attitude Era. The Brett Screwed Brett promo. Is nice, I, nice. I think is might be one of the greatest heel like moments without even really being like a thought out like heel moment, but like that went from Vince McMahon being, you know, a guy, chairman. We we just realized that he was the owner and not the commentator anymore. Yep. To right. going on like that was the real the real catalyst for the attitude era even existing. That's what led to the Austin versus Vince stuff, and it led to everything else that came after that. So and here we are, you know, it's three words, Brett screwed Brett. And here we are, you know, 20 plus years later, and we know exactly what that means. Yep. Oh, amazing true. moment. Amazing moment. So, and how are you Canadian? So how, how, how much do you guys really love Brett out there, man? <laughs> yeah. I hear he's all right. Mission <laughs> <laughs> has a thing for anti-Brettism, if that's a thing. But he, he just does. He feels he's boring. Nah, I, I just thought his he he lacked a character. I could no, he was the best mixman. Yeah, yeah, I could agree with that. I think that yeah. if, if Brett had better mic skills, he would you know like he is Brett is one of the best of all time. Don't get me wrong, but if he had uh, a better character and mic skills, I just I mean, just imagine how much better he would you know, he could be. But you know, I, I'm with you. You know. I, uh, even though I'm from Canada, I, I never loved the, like, the pro-Canada, pro-America. I don't love the gimmicks that are based on, like, where you were born. I, ne I mm. never liked that at all. Um, okay. Not a Landstorm fan? I love Landstorm. <laughs> love Landstorm. But, but I think the second you come out waving a flag, whether it's a Canadian flag, an American flag, a Russian flag, whatever your flag is, uh, it's just it's cheap heat to me, yep. and I don't or a cheap uh, yeah. pop, or a cheap pop in the case of you know the American flag, like the hacksaw Jim Duggan thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, look at that, right? Yeah. Um, I just think that it's uh, it's it's like super low hanging fruit, and I just I never loved that. No, not um, a fan of the cheap heat. I think the cheap heat is good when it's done 
like when it's done smartly. Mm. But I think if you just like, uh, you know, like this, I, I've seen some ugly people, but I've never seen people as ugly as the ones here in Poughkeepsie. That's <laughs> 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 a Poughkeepsie. <laughs> Poughkeepsie. The silver dog. <laughs> <laughs> But all right, so how how do you feel about Elias then? Because but Elias does it smart, right? Like Elias, yeah. would, in the same way that like uh, um, uh, the Rock would do it when when he was heel. Like if you're gonna do it in a smart way, great. If you're just gonna like be like insert name of town here, like I love <laughs> I love when Elias like doesn't just rag on the sports team, but like when he points out like a specific thing that has actually just happened and it's yeah. like a really like sore subject it's like yes like yes, when, he did his homework right, right. yeah like like right. super easy you know when when lebron left cleveland it was super easy to just, you know super. talk about lebron leaving <laughs> cleveland and going to miami but like if you if you dug a little bit deeper in some of these towns like they do like i loved when elias said something about like uh Hartford sucks so much. That's why your hockey team left you. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he got the biggest heat in Seattle, too. He did that in Seattle. Where... That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, even amazing. though even though the team left decades ago, it's still such a sore subject. It's a sore subject, man. It's such a sore subject. It's such a sore subject that everyone, if there were to be an expansion team, wants Seattle to get a team. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody feels bad for voting yes on that. <laughs> so you interviewed Tony Khan. Um, how do you feel about AEW? Uh, is it the game changer it's said to be? Is it a wait and see? Is it, you know, everything we want and more? Well, look, AEW is a wrestling organization that's had one show. Um, it was a really entertaining show, and it was very different from a lot of the product we've been seeing, not just WWE, but also mm. different from uh, Impact Wrestling. It was different from Lucha Underground, different from Impact Wrestling. Um, I think that uh, the biggest difference here is this is a wrestling company that's run by wrestlers. Uh, and I think that that's exciting. Um, and I think that they're doing things a little bit differently. And uh, I think it is a wait and see. Um, there's a lot of excitement about this and they've had one show the show is, you know, really entertaining, but they've only had one show. They're obviously going to have another one this weekend. Fighter Fest is happening. Then we've got Fight for the Fallen not long after that. All Out's obviously announced. And then we're, you know, if we have the same conversation four months from now, they'll have had some That's TV true. episodes. So, right. um, you know, the, there's certainly a lot of excitement. I think it's just because people want something new and people want something fresh. And uh, I think that whether AEW succeeds and is the most incredible wrestling company ever or AEW fails, I think that it's a success for us as wrestling fans across the board because it's going to cause everyone to get better. I mean, the phrase mm. uh, uh, rising tides lift all boats, I think is super applicable here. You know, if AEW raises their game, it causes everybody else from the indies all the way up to WWE to raise their game as well. Hmm. Facts on facts on facts. I feel like I get the feeling that WWE is just not even they're not even concerned with them at this point until come October when when the live TV show airs or if it's live. I'm not even sure if it's gonna be live, but oh, no, no, it's gonna be live. Cody, Cody yeah. told me in our okay. review it's gonna be live. Um, Wednesday night dynamite is the trademark. 
but they've also trademarked Tuesday Night Dynamite, so. Mm. Oh. But that was a while ago, so who knows? Um, yeah, I, look, I, I think it's crazy for everyone to go, oh, it's the first time there's been any competition, you know, in 20 years. Yeah, but don't we, like, I know it, I know it failed miserably, but Impact Wrestling went head-to-head with Raw, you know, what was that, like eight years ago? So, yeah, yeah. And, and, a lot and of stars are here now. And Impact's, <laughs> been, <laughs> Impact's been doing their thing for a while. I'm not saying Impact is competition, uh, you know, at least not right now. But it's getting know, better it, now, at least. I think WWE looks at this and goes, "Oh, that's cool. You know, we've been in this situation before, and uh-huh. you know, we're still around." I think the biggest difference though is WWE is more than just a wrestling company. Like WWE is. I know, I know we hear the phrase all the time and it gets a little bit annoying. <laughs> WWE is a quote unquote global brand. And yeah. they are, you know, when, when you talk to someone who doesn't know anything about wrestling, they're either talking about WWE or they're calling it WWF. You know, they don't, yep. they don't know what, they don't know what ring of honor is. They don't know what impact wrestling is. They haven't, I, w- I sat down in an interview with uh, Dave Batista and Camille Nanjiani, which I just uploaded. And I said something to Dave about, uh, you know, there being competition now. And Kumail Nanjiani, who, you know, is in the pop culture realm, is like, oh, what do you mean? Is there another company? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so yeah. is it fair to say that a lot of more casual fans is, is, are the ones that are tuning in? Like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, <clears throat> the situation with the New York Knicks. I personally noticed that it's when I go to a game nowadays and it's, it's all corporate suits and clients that are going there. half of them aren't even fans. And a lot of the seats are bought out because it's more casual clients that are watching these games. Is it like WWE now where more casual fans are going to these events and it's not the hardcore fans? Yeah, hmm. I think there's a lot of that. And I, and I don't think that's a problem either, either. I think it's like, you know, the circus comes to town. You don't have to be a crazy circus fanatic to want to take your kids to the circus. You know, it's going to be an entertaining night. And I, I think that... And I th- <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this shit! <laughs> and I think that when, uh, when WWE comes to town, I think there's a, the similar sentiment. It's like, oh, yeah, this will be fun. Like, you know, in the same way that, like, if a band you kind of like comes to town, you go, ah, you know what, this will be a nice night out with the kids or a nice night out with the wife or the girlfriend. I think that that's what WWE gets. You're not getting that at a Ring of Honor show. You know, you're not going to have the casual fan going, you know, strolling in for a Ring of Honor show. And there's nothing against Ring of Honor. It's just WWE has a, you know, a, a different type of audience. Yeah, different fans. Different. Hey, so do we just have to at accept the, it? <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, WWE is a television program, and I think that a lot of us forget that. Um, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a good thing. It's just. WWE is it's a television program. When you go to a show, you're going to a live taping of a television program. And that's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just that's a thing. That's, you know, that's the reality of it. Um, and I think that uh, going back to the AEW discussion, AEW seems to be taking a little bit of a different approach to it. They're having a wrestling show that happens to have television cameras there. Mm. Yeah. So, wow. So, all right, just in recent memory, What's been the best match that you can recall? In recent memory... WWE or otherwise? Oh, well, if it's going to be otherwise, then we'll just go with Cody and Dustin at, at uh, Double mm. or Nothing. 
and nice. and that nice. match was amazing. And a runner up would have been the Young Bucks match, and a, a runner up to that would have been Jericho. My point is, with all <laughs> that the WWE does, right? WWE's on every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, uh fucking twice on Sunday, <laughs> literally. So yeah. with all that content. Why is it that AEW is, is the best match that you can think of? Well, that also might be, you know, recency bias, but I, I love Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was a tremendous NXT. match. It, so, so, which is so to fair. make it clear, when we, everything we're talking about WWE, we're not talking about NXT because it actually works. NXT works, and they've been putting on tremendous matches. Consistent. Consistent. Yeah. Well, let's all think here for a second. What is our favorite WWE match of 2019? Mm. I know Don't it's a tough wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you right now. Um, damn, it's it, an it's, NXT match. It's an NXT match, right? Like, well, it's, what, well, what if it's like so? NXT, you know, let's take NXT out. What's what's the best WWE match of 2019? Uh, <laughs> hey, he came on our show and stomped us, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when did when did I'm Becky Charlotte happen? That was uh, Extreme Rules. No, I mean uh, Rules. Yeah. I mean not Extreme Rules. Yeah, but that yeah. was a year ago. Right? Right, that was so 2019. I'm on I'm on a website that says that is uh these are best WWE matches of 2019 main roster only. These are from Meltzer, who's rated these a four star or higher. Oh, that guy. <laughs> they haven't been in the Tokyo though, so they don't count. <laughs> <laughs> and he has uh okay, there's 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 like three page. Okay, there's some decent matches on here. We got the first match on here is Cena, Balor, and Rollins versus Lashley, McIntyre, and Ambrose Raw in January. Don't talk to me oh. about a six man tag match. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, you can do better than that. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Shout out to Meltzer. You know, I, I actually would have put this one on my list. I, Kofi versus Daniel Bryan at Mania. I thought that was a very oh, yeah. solid yeah, match. That was a good match. That was a good match, yeah. Very historic um, match there. Uh, they have. Oh, you know, you know, it was really good from uh, from just this past weekend was uh, Ricochet and Joe. That was a fantastic. That match. was a very good match. Good, very yeah. good match. I want to put Stop in. The was good. Wait, the cruise. Oh, did you catch stopping round by the way? Oh, the triple threat. Yeah. No. No. The um. The cruiserweight. Oh. Yeah. The, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a triple. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Gulak, uh, Tozawa, and Tony Nese. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That was an amazing match. Oh, Styles and Rollins from Money in the Bank. I like that a lot. Oh, that was a match. But there we go. It took us. It took us <laughs> a while. Searching and Googling. Some this out. <laughs> Wait, and and I for nothing, I was thinking through Becky matches too. Yeah. 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 Especially yeah? the women, man. The women have been put, turning it up. Uh, yeah, not absolutely. as much 2019, uh, 2019 as as last year. I feel oh, like, yeah. Okay, it's slow down. But even with all those matches you just mentioned, were they better than Cody, uh, Dustin? No, were they better no. than the Bucks and the Lucha Bros? No. I don't know. I don't know I, if I. I don't know if I felt the things for a wrestling match that I felt for Cody and Dustin. That's fair. That's that's Ever. a very fair. You know, yeah. like, like I knew going into that. I remember looking at the card and I remember saying to my buddy, I said, "That's gonna be a that's gonna be a great story match." Because mm-hmm. we haven't seen Gold Dust go like that in i don't know 15 years since yeah. roddy Piper in a park yeah 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 like and he's he's in Hollywood. phenomenal shape now like some of the best shape maybe of his life he and, did the yoga yeah that's right 
that match was unbelievable. And like, it had a great story. It had all kinds of emotion, but it was actually you know, a really solid match too. Best match they've ever had. Oh, unquestionably. And that was the first thing I, I, I said to Dustin afterwards when we did the interview in the uh, media scrum, I said, you know, you've had this incredible career. It's been almost 30 years. What do you want your legacy to be? And he says, tonight, tonight, is, I can't top tonight. And it's like, yeah, you're, uh, you're right. right. That match was tremendous. That's, yeah. And that's why, it's like, that's why it's so much better to have a match like this for him towards the end of his career. Because if he had this match 10 years ago, then he would have 10 more years of matches. We'd go, yeah, but they're nothing like that match he had with Cody back in the day. Yeah. True. True. Wow. Very true. Hey, I just realized we didn't put Roddy Piper on a on a Canadian Mount Rushmore. I yeah oh. okay. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really think of him as I don't really think of him as being Canadian. Right. Yeah. Me neither. Uh, yeah. Oh shit. Kevin yeah. Owens, Kenny Omega. All right. Anyway. <laughs> ADD is a bitch, yeah. man. <laughs> All right. All right. So question right. for you, man. To, to, to dive a little bit into your, your, you know, outside of wrestling, man, you, you're always on the red carpet. I'm very, very curious to know, which is your favorite show to do? My favorite show? Yeah, as far as red carpet. Favorite award show? Oh, I mean, hands down, it's the Oscars. Like, that's, mm. it doesn't get any bigger, it doesn't get any better than the Oscars and the Oscars red carpet. Like, it's the biggest night in entertainment. It's one of the most watched shows in you know, on television every single year and everybody's there. And like to think that like, here I am, this entertainment reporter on the same red carpet as, you know, Ryan Seacrest and Mario Lopez and all the other, you know, biggest stars in the industry. It's a really cool thing. And, um, you know, the Oscars are obviously by invite only, but it's a very, very select guest list. So to be there and covering that, nothing tops it. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, shout yourself out. That's Very right, exclusive <laughs> guest list. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, yeah, I've been. It's, it. That's the pinnacle of being a TV host. That's the pinnacle of being an entertainment reporter. Um, to report from the Oscars red carpet, and I've been able to do it four times. I've also, I've reported from the Grammys red carpet five times. Mm. That's like, a, that's a close second. Um, the Grammys <laughs> is like, it's like a party being on the Grammys red carpet. It's, um, it's a really cool vibe. And that's obviously a much like that, that takes place in the Staples Center. So it's a much bigger audience. It's almost like you're going to a concert. But the uh, the Oscars. Yeah. Very huh. special. Well, and, your... and I, I'm a big, big movie fan. So like uh, it's just awesome being at the Oscars. What's your favorite red carpet moment? I had a, I had a moment at um, at the Grammys like this was a while, like maybe eight years ago. And Blake Shelton, the country singer wasn't as popular as he is now. Like he wasn't dating Gwen Stefani. He wasn't on the voice and you know, none of that stuff. That's his claim and... to fame, dating Gwen Stefani. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. Hey, so, <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> so I, uh, I was interviewing him and um, I guess he was walking down the red carpet. Not a lot of people knew who he was at the time. And I was a big fan and uh, a big music fan. So I was interviewing him and he goes, um, Thank you so much for taking the time to interview me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Thank you. And he's like, no, th thank you so much, Chris. And then he leans over and he kissed me. Uh, <laughs> he, kiss he kissed my head on, uh, on live TV. And I'm like, oh, my. Wow. Okay. Well, 
like Shelton just kissed me. There you go. So that was, uh, <laughs> Back to you guys at the studio. <laughs> certainly a memorable moment, yeah. But, but in terms of uh, in terms of like moments that like important moments on the red carpet, I was the first person to do like a main ish stream interview with uh, CM Punk after he uh, left WWE. And wow. It's, it's the interview. It's on my YouTube channel. Oh, is that where he says he's definitely going back to the WWE? Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> never, 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 ever, never, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> but it was funny. I, I was covering, it was the uh, Alternative Press Music Awards. And I knew that CM Punk was hosting this. And I'm like, that is, that's a strange thing. Like I know wow. he's music, but what's he doing hosting this like award ceremony? And I saw His that he's going to be- collection is tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that he was. Uh, I saw that he was going to walk the carpet, like that he was one of the available people for us to talk to. I saw the list before I got to the red carpet, and I emailed them and I said, "Hey, will CM Punk be available for interviews?" And they said, "Yes, just you can't talk to him about wrestling." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah, like, sure." <laughs> so you'll see the interview on my YouTube channel, and we talk about like, what What are you doing here? Like, why are you here? And, Right, but the whole was, time, the whole time, you want to hit wrestling, that wrestling, RKO wrestling. out of nowhere, right? Yeah, you're trying to hit that RKO. <laughs> I just wanted, I just wanted to like legitimately talk to him about it, and uh, it was ironic because he was in, we were in Cleveland, and Cleveland is the last WWE city he ever worked in. That was wow. the city he, or he walked out of, you know, like he walked out of Cleveland. So I'm like, you know, you're back here in Cleveland, you know, this this, this city, you know, this must mean something to you or something like that and he got you know, he kind of like brushed that question aside then i'm like do you think we'll ever see you back in a squared circle he's like no no never never ever 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 never, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> that was a that was a pretty uh, interesting moment yeah wow 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 that's when he's the best in the world right shit <laughs> <laughs> so that's a shame man <laughs> the best in the world i like that I mean, he's still, jabs. Right. he still jabs, or you just going with a story with that? Do I think that Shane McMahon's the best in the world? Well, yeah. I mean, either he's down still- inside. Do you think he's the greatest wrestler? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think I think that Shane is like highly entertaining. I think that yes. Shane is a much better wrestler than we would ever assumed he would have ever grown Very into. True. But yeah, like if you told us all. AJ. Right. Oh, yeah. The matches he's been having, like, you forget that he's not, like, didn't come up as a wrestler. Like, he, he trained, he worked hard, he put in his time, and boy, see, he's a very sweaty man, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He is. Very tan. <laughs> very, very tan. Extremely. I have to change the coloring on my screen every time. It's disturbing. <laughs> so more so tan than fucking Miz. Do you remember the one time he got slammed, like on a Raw, and his imprint was on the fucking mat for the next like three minutes? Yo, <laughs> damn! No, I remember that was really? an episode of Miz and Miz somewhere. <laughs> his bench- <laughs> so, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, man. it's a lot of tanning going on there. <laughs> Chris, I'm curious, man. Uh, we talked about red carpet moments. I- I'm curious after, especially the CM Punk. Besides him, I guess who who knows sold you the worst. Um, well, look, I, I got to give Punk credit. He didn't really know sell me. Like he could have been like, ah, sorry, man, I'm not talking about that, or he could have walked away or something like that. But he was he was pretty cool, and I've been 
I've been really fortunate um, throughout my career that when you're doing interviews, like celebrity interviews or like with, with actors or musicians or whatever, for the most part, they're promoting something. They're promoting a new movie or a book or an album or something like that. Um, so I've been really fortunate that none of those have really gone awry. With the wrestling interviews, I get a chance most of the time before the interview to kind of like just chat with them, let them know that like, you know, I'm, I'm a fan and maybe we can connect on something before the interview starts. Like, been, yeah, I've been pretty fortunate that like I haven't had anyone like completely, you know, like no sell me or not give me an answer or something like that. It's, I've been pretty respectful and I think for the most part, you know, people are pretty respectful back to me. That's good. That's fantastic, man. That's that's a blessing. Any uh, any weird. funny stories from the red carpet that uh, that uh, you haven't told anybody about yet? Uh, I think I, I, I've told this story maybe once or twice. It's not a red carpet, but I did an interview with uh, <laughs> I did an interview with Jennifer Garner um, for uh, for a, it was like the same week or a week and a half or something like before Batman versus Superman came out, and obviously she was. Uh, was having her separation with Ben Affleck, who, you know, obviously plays Batman. And I asked her in the interview, so, you know, big movie coming out soon. Um, are you team Batman or team Superman? And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm team Batman, of course. I'm like, ah, of course you are. It's so nice to see you. Thank you so much for your time. And as I'm walking out of the interview room, she, like, yells at me. She's like, what a ballsy question that was, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so, did, she actually say, did she actually say ballsy? Yeah, yeah ballsy. She, wow. She was going with her. She was going through her athletic breakup, right? Like, no, no, yeah, yeah. I understand that's why. Crazy. That was years ago. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, what was, what was that, your response? What was your response? Not, well, I was, I was already out. Like, I was already like twenty feet away from her with one foot out the door. Like, I was like. Oh, so you like, kept it fucking moving, right? I was like, if there was a problem with this question, why didn't you say something when it came up? You know, like yeah. it wasn't a disrespectful question. It was no. like, you know, maybe it wasn't something she wanted to talk about. But then the next day she goes on the Today Show and has an entire interview about her breakup with Ben Affleck. Because <laughs> it, it was fairly fresh. Damn, and you like, opened up some wounds, Chris. Well, I think... <laughs> The difference here is I think they went into the Today Show interview and the Today Show people went, yeah, Jennifer Garner can come on and promote her movie, but uh, we're going to, we have to ask her about, you know, what's going on in the news. So are you saying, are you saying that would never have happened on the Today Show if it wasn't for you? No, I'm not saying that at all. (laughs) Oh, you should have. Because it sounds to me like the publicists try to get in front of it. (laughs) What I'm I'm saying is the Today Show went, hey, Jennifer Garner, you can't come on the show and do a 10 minute interview with us without us having to ask you about the current news. Like, j- you just got to know that we're going to throw that out there. I think that's what <laughs> happened. Cool, cool, cool. I think it's you the catalyst, though, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just the healing us, you know. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's all me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can <laughs> Chris. We're going to hit you with a, with a lightning round here before we finish, man. I want to thank you for all your time for tonight, man. Appreciate you coming on here. Uh, we call it a round of chair shots. Mitch is going to lead the way. Hit them when you're ready. We hit Mitch. Uh, so, just first thing that comes to your mind, and what's your favorite meal? Because you work out like a motherfucker. Sorry, we, you cut out there for a second. What's my favorite meal? Uh, so, so, he's going to ask me a question. Oh, my favorite cheat meal. That's easy. Pizza. 
Oh my god! I'm, what's it? What's the topping? You put pineapple on that shit? I'm a pepperoni guy. Pepperoni mm. pizza. I could if I could eat pizza every single day for every single meal. I would, and I would be completely fine with that. Pizza and chicken wings would be a very close second. I oh. I love what love sauce. Chicken. What sauce you putting on those chicken wings? I'm a spicy barbecue guy. My guy. What is your favorite movie? Of all time, my favorite movie is Back to the Future. I love that movie. I love the idea behind that movie that uh, little things that we do in our daily life can have a bigger effect on other things that happen later in our life or things that happen to other people's lives. I'm obsessed with that idea. And I live with that concept in my life all the time that like, you know, the things you do, the little things you do, holding that door open, saying thank you, being kind, being polite, little things like that, like, will end up paying off for you uh, at some point. Well, well, Chris, but you do, you do know all your favorite movies are fake, right? What do you mean? No, <laughs> 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 what uh, superpower would you have if you could pick one? Uh, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to, like, super speed or flying. I think that'd be amazing because I fly a lot. Like uh, in the past, uh, would this be 10 days? I have been uh, in and out of Los Angeles, in and out of London, and in and out of Indianapolis. So I, I wow. think that it, in, instead of spending the uh, nine and a half hours on the flight from London to Miami, I think I'd rather just snap my fingers and you know, either teleport or fly really fast or whatever I could do. That's what I would want. That's fantastic. Who do you want to meet? In real life, or it can be a fictional character? Vince McMahon, which I believe is both. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll allow it. You said, uh, <laughs> you said uh, that would be your dream interview at another interview. So uh, what would you ask? Just make sure you don't ask anything that Bob Costas would ask. But what would you <laughs> ask Vince McMahon? I, I, don't, I don't have, like, a specific, like, one question like i like that my interviews you know be a lot like this just be a conversation but i would love to know his like i'd love to know the thought process behind some of the bigger storylines that you know like it didn't go so well like i'd love to like find out if, if he were to tell me a full story about like katie vick i would love to find out like you know what happened there <laughs> shit so you know what, really you know what, what you're saying is that you want to get Vince in a room and be like, Vince, what the fuck? <laughs> I just want to know. Like, honestly, I'd also, I'd also want to, you know, I'd want to ask him about, like, um, you know, did Impact ever pose a threat? Does they, do they watch what AEW is doing? Were they watching Double or Nothing? Like, I'd love to ask those types of questions, but mm-hmm. I would love to, like, really, like, dig in deep and be like, if I had, like, three hours with Vince McMahon, like a, a Joe Rogan style, I would love to dive into some of those, like, actual storylines and be like, all right, Katie Vick, take me back. <laughs> Whose idea was this? And why did you good this shit. Good? This is good <laughs> shit. <laughs> but, uh, um, what is the worst purchase you've ever made? Oh, my God. Well, I'm going to go with the most recent worst purchase. And uh, I was with my girlfriend in Indianapolis, and she knows I love pizza, and she's like, I'm going to take you to this place that's famous for pizza. I'm not going to name it, but that pizza came out. And I'm like, did they get this like from the frozen food section of the grocery store? <laughs> oh, and I took, I, took, I took one bite and I'm like, that's like some of the worst pizza I've ever had. Wow. And where, was, where was this? 
in Indianapolis. And the whole flight home, I felt like I'd eaten a rock. Like there was a rock. You know the feeling. There was a yes. rock sitting in my stomach. And I'm like, uh. the second I get off this plane, I am going right to the bathroom. And it's going to be an awful, <laughs> awful thing. Oh, man. It's like on course. the plane and just fuck everything oh, up. There's it's like food from a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's eating food no, but come on no comment no comment no comment alright what's what's uh, the dumbest way you've ever been injured the dumbest way I've ever been injured yeah I uh my neck still hurts because I asked Gangrel to give me the Impaler DDT and I took it completely wrong oh man so I, I, I actually did train. A little backstory here. I trained in Toronto. I went to wrestling school for a couple of months before deciding that going to college was... Yeah. Sure. You were very young at that point, right? I was uh, 20 when I went to wrestling school. And you know, I decided that uh, you know, getting my degree and would make more sense. And you know, and the fact that I was driving an hour each way to wrestling school. But that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> so I, I went. I did a story about... Gangrel has a great wrestling school here in South Florida, in Dania Beach, Florida, called uh, Gangrel's Wrestling Asylum. It's very, very good. And he has some great wrestlers that are coming out of there. And we went and did a story when they first opened. I did a story for my TV show and I took some bumps, ran the ropes. And I said, ah, you know, it'd be awesome if you gave me the Impaler DDT. It'd be an honor if you gave it to me. He's like, yeah, sure, man. Yeah, no problem. And he trusted <laughs> me enough to take it correctly. And uh, I just jumped up too high and he spiked me right on my head. And oh. it, was a, it was honestly a really scary moment. Um, like, I saw stars. I was completely winded. Uh, and you can see this clip on my YouTube page. Like, I was, I think he was really scared for me, too. And, um, yeah, my, my neck still, to this day, that was like a year and a half ago, my neck Holy still shit. hurts. <laughs> wow. Have, have you gotten that checked out Everybody. Yet? I have not. Um, I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody go to Chris Van Vliet's uh, YouTube page so you can watch him get Impaled yeah. by Gangrel. Yeah, you can, oh, you, can, you can see how not to take a DDT. Hey, <laughs> what is a, a a useless talent you have? Um, a useless talent I have. Well, I'm a really big bass fisherman. I love bass fishing. So, like, I can tell you a ridiculous amount of like facts about like Canadian record fish. Like, I can tell you that the Canadian record largemouth bass is 10.48 pounds and the wow. Canadian record smallmouth bass is 9.82 pounds and you know like a lot of ridiculous really ridiculous stuff like that. Well, there's some bass wow. too though, right? I mean, you do own your own uh, fishing company, right? I do. Well, thank you for doing the research. Yeah. yeah. Right. Hey, hey, tungsten is a big deal. Yeah. Blue tungsten, yeah. Or, sorry, yeah. I didn't I didn't say the name correctly. It's Woo Tungsten. <laughs> Plug that. Plug that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, fantastic, that's, man. that's my useless talent, yeah. Well, Jesus. we saw that you interviewed uh, Tim Burton. So uh, what's your favorite Tim Burton movie? Ooh, man. Look at you guys doing the work. Thank you. That's <laughs> what we do. Of course, man. Digging deep. Um, I, loved, I loved his version of Batman, and that's the whole reason I, I interviewed him. Like, look, Nightmare Before Christmas is amazing, but his version of Batman changed the way that we look at comic book movies. Because oh up until God, that yeah. point, the comic book movies were, you know, a little bit silly and a little bit cheesy, a little bit campy and over the top. Right, and he right, came right. in and, you know, gave it a dark spin, and 
You know, I think that uh, his Batman, if it wasn't for his Batman, we wouldn't have any of the movies that we have now. Wow. So, and you know, that and being also, said, wait, oh, go, and go also, ahead. also, that movie also changed the way uh, negotiations were made for movies, man. Because look at the Jack Nicholson contract. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So, right. So, thank you for bringing up Jack Nicholson. Uh, who's the better Joker? Ah. Oh, well, I think we got to go with the Joker that won the Academy Award. Like, hey. fair. Yeah. And the, the crazy thing about Heath Ledger playing the Joker in the Dark Knight Everything. is... Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but when that, when that casting announcement was made, we all went, come on. The guy of from course. 10 Things I Hate About You is going nice to be the tale. Joker? Like, seriously. And then we saw the first trailer, and there was that clip of him, a shot of him with his head out the window, like oh, acting, yeah. acting all crazy. And we went, "Oh, I think I think they got it right." Yep. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, and look, Christopher Nolan is one of the greatest directors working right now, and will go down as one of the greatest directors of all time. Um, I think that uh, he pulled the best out of like Heath Ledger was already bringing it, and then I think that. Christopher Nolan brought even more out of him and made mm. that performance that much better. Um, languages spoken. What do you what do you speak? I speak uh, English and uh, Canadian English as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, because I grew up in Canada, you know, you learn you learn French like you guys would learn Spanish in in the U.S. So I speak like a very small amount of high school French. Oh, nice. Good. Hey. And that's oui. it. That's all we got. <laughs> that's all we got. <laughs> like, I, I didn't say, like, where's the bathroom? Où est la salle de bain? Hey. Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody write that shit down right now. I'm going to rewind it when we play it. I'm going to learn that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is it um, Canadian bacon or ham? Look, they're they're two different things. They're I, not two different things, they, Chris. They are, they are. <laughs> Taylor bacon. Ham and Canadian bacon are the same thing. Canadian bacon's disgusting, uh, and I will go. <laughs> yes. I will go on the record to say that. Like, thank Canadian, God. Canadian bacon is not bacon. You're right. <laughs> I'm glad bacon you said that. It's not bacon. It's not. It's, uh, it's just a yeah. It's you're right. It's it's a it's a type of ham. And, uh, I, I don't know why. I don't know why anyone would uh, go out of their way to order. And I'm sorry to my fellow Canadians. I love Canada. Canada is the greatest poutine, country though? on earth. But, oh my God, poutine's amazing. Yes, yes. yes poutine. Poutine is the most American food ever. I don't know how Americans didn't come out with this. It's French fries with gravy on top of it and mm. cheese curds. Like that's mm. the most. Um, like I don't that that would be like a, a side dish at like Cracker Barrel. I don't know how like Canadians came up with it. <laughs> Find it every day in a disco fries. <laughs> disco fries, yeah. In Jersey, it's called yeah. disco fries. My yeah, that's right, disco fries. Cheese. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. What's your favorite sports team? Uh, the Cleveland Browns. Um, Damn. Wow. Uh-huh. It's time to be a Cleveland Brown fan. <laughs> it is though. And I've been a Cleveland Browns fan for a long time, a very wow. long time. I mean, uh, I, I lived in Cleveland for five years. Obviously, I'm a Blue Jays fan growing up in Toronto. I'm a Maple Leafs nice. fan, but not a lot of hockey being watched in Florida. So uh, football, <laughs> the thing that's great about football 
is the same thing that, that's great about, uh, you know, what, what hopefully AEW is looking for. It's so easy to keep up with a product where your team only plays once a week. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's so easy to go, oh, what did the, the Jets or the Giants or the Eagles or the, you know, Niners or whoever your team is, what'd they do last week? Oh, okay, cool. Instead of like when you're a baseball fan, you go, so I haven't watched in a week. What six games did I miss? Jeez, you know. <laughs> right. And I love I, I love baseball. I grew up playing baseball, you know, since I was four years old. I played into my twenties. I loved it. What did um, you play? I played mostly third base, a little bit of catcher, and you know, when okay. I was younger, I, I pitched. Um, and I recently got to do a, a TV segment with the Miami Marlins where. Um, I got to take batting practice with the team, and I made no. a bet with nice. yeah. Chris. Wow. Chris, yeah, Chris, it was so a tryout. Cool. Chris, that was a tryout. They it, was your moment. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tryout. I made a bet with them. I said, if I can hit one out of here, can you put me in the lineup? They're like, yeah, sure. If you can hit one out of here, we'll put you in the lineup. I'm like, oh my god, seriously? <laughs> They're like, what happened? They gave me like honestly like 25 pitches, and like. I, I hadn't swung a baseball bat in like probably five years, but like I said, I, I grew up playing baseball at like a decent level in Canada, but I still played at a decent level and, uh, <laughs> <said> in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, wow. I legitimately thought I was going to hit one out. Like I was so serious, and I hit one like <laughs> it's three thirty-five to right, and I'm a lefty, so like I was you know aiming for right field, and I hit one probably like at two hops the wall. Okay, like, it was. Okay. It, would have been, it would have been a routine fly ball, but uh, you know, I if I was standing at first base and and I would have gone out. If it would have been Yankee Stadium, <laughs> we would have been out of here. Maybe. <laughs> all right. Yeah, but... Um. All right. So, who's more important in your opinion, the face or the heel? Oh well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. One's more important. I really don't. They both play their role. I mean, it's the yin and the yang, right? Like, you can't have the good guy without the bad guy. The antagonist with the protagonist. Mm. Um, and I think that uh, I think that Cody Rhodes was touching on, you know, this kind of subject recently. And, you know, the idea of a heel and a face um, isn't the same as it was in the, certainly in the golden age and then also in the 90s. It's different now. You know, the crowd decides if you're the good guy or the bad guy. You can be doing a whole bunch of heel things but if the crowd likes you, you're not a heel anymore, are you? Yep. Wow, that's great. That's a great point. It's true, though, you know? MJF <sighs> is so incredibly over. Oh, I cheer my ass off when he comes out. Oh, yeah. Right. <sighs> because you know it's going to be good stuff, you know? Yeah. I love that interview, by the way. That, that, was, great. that was good stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was something else. And if, and if anyone listening to this hasn't seen it, uh, you, you got to spend, you know, the 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it is to watch it. It's... <laughs> It's some of the best heel work ever, and it's all completely off the cuff. Like, he lives this gimmick. Uh, it's incredible. Yeah, so you good. can tell. Like, he did such a great job, the whole omelet bit. Like, everything, everything, everything was so good. That's um, who he is. <laughs> who is your favorite heel? Of all time? Yep, of all time. I think I would have to go with the guy who is – I had a poster of on my wall when I was growing up, and I loved Triple oh, yes. work. Yeah, you know, if we're talking like '99, 2000, 2001, like I, I was so obsessed with the heel work that he was doing then. And like, I mean, think of the whole reason 
that he <laughs> think of the whole reason he's married to uh, Steph McMahon because in like the ultimate heel maneuver, he broke up her wedding with Tess because <laughs> she was drunk and got her married against her will at a drive-through Vegas wedding. Like, <laughs> what a heel move, right? <laughs> and then and then <laughs> bragged about consummating the marriage oh. on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Now, I know that the Two question things. isn't, did we consummate the marriage? It's <laughs> how many times? Hey! Wait, that's, a great, that's a great impersonation, by the way. That is dope. Anyone can make their voice raspy, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that's the poster you had up in your room. JP had uh, Shawn Michaels' Playgirl poster up. No, I did not. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I mean, you know, to each his own. That's the one with the belt, right? <laughs> the one with the belt, yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. We it's all okay. know the one we we all pictured it. We all pictured it. <laughs> all right. So, Chris Van Vliet, aka Chris Sharp, <laughs> talk to him. Every every wrestling fan, right? Every single wrestling fan that I've ever come across, that we've ever come across, has always pictured themselves in the ring and you've you've gone a step further. You've actually been in the ring and, and you interview uh, you know, people of this profession all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You, you must have what your Wrestlemania moment would be. What, what in your mind in Chris Van Vliet or, or, or Chris Sharp or, or who, like however you want to frame it what is or what would be your ultimate WrestleMania moment? And, and look, I trained to become a pro wrestler. I, uh, you know, I was I was in wrestling school. I was a backyard wrestler. Chris Sharp, like you mentioned, sharp walking, sharp talking, sharp dressing. <laughs> Come on, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, set us up for this WrestleMania. Let's go. You got a mic. I don't know if I went that far as to think of like what my WrestleMania moment would be because I didn't even like have what my debut match would be. Um, but I think that for every kid who grows up and aspires to be a pro wrestler, the WrestleMania moment is you standing on the top turnbuckle or the middle turnbuckle at the end of WrestleMania holding the title. Like, I think that that's what every kid, you know, yeah. grows up and, and wants. Um, I do remember as I was like preparing to go to wrestling school and like starting to craft the Chris Sharp character, I was getting. <laughs> I was, I'd subscribed to dictionary.com's word of the day. And my whole, like, the whole concept was that it was going to be like a little bit like the genius or like, you know, a Damien Sandow type character, obviously 15 years before the Damien Sandow character. Like I was going to be like this Miz type character who thought he was better than you, thought he was better looking than you. And I had a better vocabulary than you because, you know, as the, mm. the ultimate heel maneuver, the, the basic heel maneuver is to, you know, talk about how stupid the fans are. But I would actually go, you know, one further and I would use words and that they wouldn't understand. Um, and I, I literally <laughs> got a dictionary.com word of the day emailed to me every day. And I had a folder that I probably still have on my email account of like 60 or 70 words. And I'm like, that could work in a promo. I would totally put that. Wow. In. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So there you go. You're trying to become yeah. the, the Clyde Frazier of the wrestling game. <laughs> I, 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 certainly, I certainly realize now, I mean, this is uh, 17 years later, I guess, 16 years later. I certainly realize now that that gimmick would have been very indie and probably would not have, you know, gone very far. But in my mind, it was a good idea. Uh, you never know. Look at Aaron Cassidy, right? You never know. Wow. 
Man, I get more requests for an Orange Cassidy interview than anyone else. <laughs> you yeah. see? And I, 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 if you guys can help me out, if you know him or if you know somebody who knows him, please help me out. I tried DMing him. I tried tweeting him. And I've had no luck. We'll put it's the word out. Old. If the problem yeah. is every time he goes to touch the screen, it, it, it closes up on him. He's like, damn, spit timer again. Yep. I love that. I love that gimmick. I, I, it's, love it's amazing. I love everything that's funny about wrestling. I don't care what Jim Cornette says. Like, wrestling is not. Like, I, 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 I get it. Like, uh, okay. that, that's not a knock on Jim Cornette. It's not a no, knock no, on, no, no, no. on what he thinks. It's just like. I get that he views wrestling in one way and, you know, the fans of today, you know, view wrestling in a, a little bit of a different way. And that's, yeah. that's there's a that's place not, for it. Of course. Yeah. I, I, my girlfriend's not a wrestling fan at all. And I showed her that, um, the, the, the video on YouTube titled the most illegal move in wrestling. I'm sure you've seen it. It's from CZW where they, they hypnotized, they hypnotize the wrestlers and have a dance off. Have you seen this? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's using hypnosis. <laughs> I love it. And, and like, and I showed it to my girlfriend. She's like, "That's hilarious." I'm like, "I know." You know, exactly. wrestling. Wrestling can wrestling can be on that end of the spectrum, and wrestling can be you know an Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit match. You know, yep. an incredibly beautiful technical yeah. match. Yep. Yep. So many different ways to expose the art, man. Right, and I think that that's what's so great about it. Who would you face in that in that match? Ultimately, I think I know the answer, but I'm gonna ask anyway. In your WrestleMania match, after you beat him for the title, it's gotta be The Rock, right? The Rock. Right? Hey. I, I, I think he his ass, Chris. It's gotta be the yeah. It's gotta it's gotta be The Rock, and we'd have a we'd have a WrestleMania 18 style stare down uh, at the start of the match where we just look at each other and the crowd's going crazy. <laughs> And the crowd's just saying words at you. Yeah. <laughs> you do a big boot and a leg drop? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap this up. Uh, what's a message that you want to leave the fans here with tonight? Well, I, I say it all the time. I got on a T-shirt. And, uh, you know, I, I think that you guys know what I'm going to say here. But vague goals get vague results. And, uh you know, if you're, and that, that applies to every single element of your life, which means specific goals get specific results. So instead of going out into your life and going, ah, oh, you know what, I want to, I want to make some more money this year, or I want to lose some weight this year. I want to get some more listens on my podcast this year. Set some specific goals, like set an actual goal that you can work towards and have benchmarks along the way to go. Like for me, my goal was to do 50 wrestling interviews this year, get 200,000 subscribers. I'm now interview 48, I believe I just did. Woo! Um, and here we're halfway through the year, you know? And uh, I have 100. How close are you now? 180,000 subscribers on YouTube. So wow. we're getting close, you know, to that as well. So I think that that's a big thing. Like anything is possible in life. Like it seriously is. If somebody else is doing something that you want to do, they've had a path to get there. And there's no reason that you can't also carve out that same path for yourself. So. That's what I say, and uh, you know I'm living proof of it too. Awesome, touched my heart. Amazing, uh, amazing. <laughs> Damn. So thank you guys for having me on. This has been a blast. No, thank you. I appreciate all the time, man, uh, and love to have you on again sometime. Yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah, you you guys asked me a lot of questions that uh, 
I hadn't really thought of. And uh, now I'm going to go back and listen to this and go, huh, is that really the worst purchase I've ever made? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the one that stuck out, Chris? Damn. That's the one, that's- damn. <laughs> thanks chris man appreciate that yeah i appreciate you guys thank you so much yeah please tell everyone to uh to listen to my podcast since we're on a podcast right now uh, it would make sense to listen to my it's basically it's all my wrestling interviews on my youtube channel now in audio form so you don't have to sit there and stare at me for 40 minutes oh wow dope dope absolutely we'll definitely push that man thank you um yeah, if you guys need anything, just let me know. Yeah, man. Cool, man. Support you guys. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, man. If you're ever around the New York area, man, hit us up. Definitely. Yeah, first, man. first round of beers on us, man. For sure. Sign me up. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let thank- us know, man. But thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, guys. Absolute and, pleasure, uh, man. All right, man. Thank you. All good right. night. Man. See you, brother. All right, have a good so evening, much, man. Guys. Yeah, have a great Take night. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.